Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. If you'd like to contact us, contact us at info at CheyenneVineyard.com. You can also find out more information about the Cheyenne Vineyard Church at CheyenneVineyard.com. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. This is just fun. I got to tell you. Um, it's my pleasure to introduce Mark tonight. Um, I could tell you a lot of things that Mark has been and, and that he is. Uh, he is a spiritual father to to us and, and to me specifically, and I, I thank him for that. Uh, he's imparted a great deal to us over the years that, that we've known him. And uh, I never give him any suggestions about what to say. I never give him any guidelines about what he can do and what he can't do, because I just don't believe in that. Uh, I believe if you're going to receive a prophet or an apostle and you want the prophet or apostle's reward, which is the full flow of their gifting, then you don't put any shackles on them. So, so that's what we're doing tonight. Uh, Mark, welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Jay. Well, good evening. So, um, uh, yeah, just uh, in a short time. Well, um, it's great to be here. Um, I tend to spend a bit of time in Wyoming uh, whenever I'm in the States, which has uh, always become a delight um, for me. It doesn't really make a lot of sense because I'm a city boy. And uh, some of my best friends are cowboys. I have no idea what they're talking about, but um, uh, we, we, we have some fun together, so it's some of the great things. Good to be here uh, in with the people from some other churches tonight. That's just really great. It's, I think it really blesses the father when when his kids get together, so that's, that's really good. Maybe I should do just uh, one or two housekeeping things uh, while we're here. So the bathroom is out in the hall and down that way. <laughs> just go out and down. There's uh, men's and women's. And you're free to drink coffee in here, uh, eat the stuff that's back there. So uh, welcome to our home. Thank you. Um, uh, my first book is, uh, I have some available, if you like, it's called uh, Fascinated by Heaven on Earth. It's a really good read. Um, I um, know the author well. And uh, no, it's, it's a really good read. Um, it's easy reading. It's got some profound things in it that uh, God taught me over uh, quite a period of time. Um, and I've, some of the people have told me that um, they've read it through and they had to read it back over again and underline it and God's kept speaking to them. So... Uh, you know, I I, have, I would just love people to have it because when I leave, then you've still got something else to say. Uh, my uh, other two books are on the way out. Next time I'm here, I hope to have my next book, which is called Who Let the Joy Out? 
uh, available. So uh, fascinated by heaven on earth, uh, just uh, ten dollars. Uh, if you buy two, you can get them for twenty. <laughs> yeah, you can do one more thing. I know I've got an accent, but I hardly need an interrupter. <laughs> I'd be happy to be the interrupter. Uh, anyway, I just want to tell you that we are receiving a love offering for Mark tonight. So the offering uh, baskets or boxes are, are back there. So uh, I can highly recommend a ministry to sow into is is Mark because he really has a heart for Wyoming and and I believe he carries a mantle for Wyoming so thank you well um as you know I come from uh, Australia some of you don't know me so just real quick um uh so I I live in the state of Tasmania and uh yes we do have Tasmanian devils they don't look anything like Warner Brothers has made them to be but uh, they do exist, and they're a small little dog-like creature with powerful dr- jaws. They don't attack like um, Taz does on uh, the cartoons, but uh, they do exist. Um, and um, so Tasmania is an island state, around about the same population as Wyoming. Um, and um, I have uh, my wife's name is uh, Annette. Um, she hasn't travelled with me for the last four years because. She's been dealing with MS, but um, we think that's that's pretty well started to turn. So she's going to hope to be able to travel with me a little more. I have two children, uh, Alison, um, who is 31. And I know I don't look old enough to have a daughter that old. And um, a son, Joshua. Joshua was married to Rebecca, and they live uh, in, uh, in Melbourne. I uh, started my career in law. Um, and uh, after 16 years of that... Um, Took over my first church as the senior leader, um, and um, then I handed over that, and then to my second church, and then led a movement of churches. These days, I operate as a consultant in a number of areas, including business, uh, and we also do some development work in the Philippines, um, helping to um, um, provide um, some opportunities and helping our ministries to be able to fund themselves in that location, rather than been a place where they are reliant upon finances coming from elsewhere. So uh, something a little bit different and something new, and uh, that's a whole lot of fun. We have schools of supernatural as well in a couple of nations. Oh. Um, and so that's a, that's a whole lot of fun. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you that uh, we get to be here tonight. Thank you that as we gather together, you said that you would be right in the midst of us. Father, thank you um, for ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to understand what it is that you would say to us, your church, this evening. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would help us to not only just be hearers of what you want to say, hearers of your word, but to actually be hearers and doers. And so, Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, one of the things that uh, a particular scripture that's been uh, sort of hanging around uh, me um, uh, quite a much today, and particularly thinking about tonight, um, is is this scripture. It's from the Old Testament. It's from Isaiah 65 and verse 8. And it says this, 
So Isaiah 65 verse 8 says, this is what the Lord says. It's always good to pay attention and he makes that emphasis and says, this is what I'm saying. As the new wine is found in the cluster and uh, one says, do not destroy it for there is a blessing and a benefit in it. The new wine is found in the cluster um, and so don't destroy it because in that cluster is the blessing. Um, and um, uh, in the New Testament, Jesus talks about um, the new wine, and in particular in Matthew 9, 7, he says, Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins, or else the old, or else the wineskins break, the wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. So, um, you know, the Scripture often talks about new things, and, uh, new, and particularly uh, in this area, new wine, and uh, what a new wine um, it, it God is, in, God is uh, concerned about is the new wine and the wineskin. Now, the wineskin is always about structure. It's a structure. It's something you can hang, you know, put the wine into. And so he says, listen, the wine, the, the wine skin has to match the new wine. So if, if I want to pour out new wine, then there has to be a new wineskin to be able to handle that. And it has to be a different sort of uh, structure. Um, and so um, I, I feel that one of the areas that, of, that God is going to bring, uh, particularly, I felt like he spoke to me this a few days ago. He said, um, Cheyenne's going to be known for my love. Cheyenne's going to be known for my love. So I, I think God's going to do a revolution in this city of love, love revolution. And so what people will say is, what happens in Cheyenne won't stay in Cheyenne. I mean, I know some other places have some different viewpoint. But I feel like what happens in Cheyenne won't stay in Cheyenne. So, you know, we, we know that um, often when we talk about revivals, revival means to revise something that's lived, you know. So if somebody had a heart attack and... Um, and, and um, stop breathing, we would revive them, right? I would hope so. <laughs> so we would revive them back to life. You know, we revive it back to what is. And revivals are wonderful um, and, um, and great. And I, I think, you know, we're going to still see God reviving places and church. But that's not his plan. Uh, I, I think what his plan is, is reformation because that becomes a reforming of society. And I felt like he told, told me that in between revivals and reformation uh, are going to come revolutions. And uh, I think those revolutions are going to be based um, quite significantly on, the, on three things that he said are his major three things, faith, hope, and love. And I think one of the things that will happen in Cheyenne here is going to be a love revolution. So, I'm going to talk to you about love and it's not surprising because God's been doing a bit of a number on me in this area. So I want to talk to you about that tonight. And uh, we'll see where we go from that. In Proverbs 27 verse 7, it says this. A satisfied soul loathes the honeycomb. But to every hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. So the Passion Translation says it like this. When your soul is full, you turn down even the sweetest honey. 
But when your soul is starving, every bitter thing becomes sweet. So the concept is here is when you become satisfied, uh, you become satisfied that even the most delicacy, the most wonderful thing, the great thing, you, 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 you're not interested in. It's like, oh, here we go again. Ah, oh, worship. Or here we go again, this or that, because we can become so familiar with things. Um, and so it loses its impact. And, and that's why I think God wants to keep coming back to us and, and, and having encounters with us so that we, that we are being revived and those sorts of things. And I, I noticed um, that I, it feels to me that the enemy often um, works with particular things to um, cause words and concepts to become uh, so familiar or be used so familiar that they lose their, they lose their impact. You know, like for instance, um, you know, if you, were on, if you were on a working, on a construction site for instance, um, and all sorts of language happens on construction sites, and I'm not having any of anybody that works on a construction site, so please don't be offended. Um, but often it, it, on those types of environment, you know, somebody, for instance, hits their, you know, ha finger with a ha hammer, you know, like a lot of pain comes in and have your bang. Y you don't usually hear them say, oh, Buddha. <laughs> right? You usually hear them say something like Jesus Christ or, you know, like, Jesus, or whatever else, as a swear word or a curse word. Why? Because the enemy wants to make it that powerful name. The powerful name of Jesus becomes so, so used and so abused that it becomes a, a, nothing, a nothing concept. It doesn't lose its power, but in people's thinking, that's what happens. It's like um, some words that are powerful, like, for instance, um, hope. You know, people, people talk about hope as like a wishful thinking. Well, I hope it doesn't snow tomorrow. Well, I'm hoping it's not going to snow tomorrow. <laughs> One day was enough. <laughs> well, I hope the restaurant is still open when he finishes. Right? Or I hope he doesn't go for very too long, and that's wishful thinking. Um, and so, so we take a powerful concept like hope, which is an earnest expectation, anticipation for good, and, we t and it becomes just like an everyday word. Oh, you know, I you know, hope this happens, or I hope that doesn't happen, or whatever else. It's the same with love. Love is like that too. Love the pizza. Love that jalapeno that some people talk me into eating at lunchtime. <laughs> Said it wasn't very hot. Hottest thing I've ever had is still in my. <laughs> I love to go out shopping. Love that colour on you. Love that speaker from Australia and his accent. I mean, you know what I mean. It's just, we can just so love. It becomes a, a word that we just use all of the time. So, and it can lose. That's why we have to come back to time and time again to be reminded of how this is a powerful. These are powerful words. And, you know, I think that the Beatles did have it right when they said, all you need is love. All you need is love. All you need. I'm not going to sing it. Love is all you need. Um, and so tonight, I, I just want to um, spend some time just talking about love. So I give you now a new commandment. Love each other just as much as I have loved you. 
For when you demonstrate the same love I have for you by loving one another, everyone will know that you're my true followers. It's from John chapter 13. Let me read that again to you. So I give you now a new commandment. Love each other just as much as I loved you. For when you demonstrate the same love I have for you by loving one another, everyone will know that you're my true followers. So people will know us by our love. So let me tell you what's been going on for me because I don't think it's isolated. I I think this is God doing something because he's emphasizing something. So when I find him doing things to me, it's like, um, I, I'm hearing other, other, it's happening for other people as well. Okay, so I got, um, I got on the plane uh, to fly here from Sydney at the beginning of this month. I left um, Sydney to fly to LA. It was a 13-hour flight. It would normally be about 14-hour flight, so we had a tailwind. Uh, that was really nice. And so I left at about 10.30 in the morning and arrived into LA at um, 6.30 on the same day. 6.30 a.m. So I arrived before I left. <laughs> um, and so I'm, I have a, I do it so often that I have a bit of a procedure what I do and uh, I, I work out how long I'm going to be in the plane and what's the time, you know, all those sorts of things. And I, so I, a couple of hours and I'll watch some, some movies and then have a sleep and uh, wake up in time to get back to normal, have some breakfast and then uh, you know, arrive and go through all the procedures that are necessary before I fly off again. So um, I um, I selected a movie to watch, and in a moment I'm going to show you the trailer of the movie so that you understand what I'm talking about. So I selected this movie, started the movie, and before I even got into the movie, I started to cry. Now I'm glad the lights were out, and there was no one sitting next to me. Because I'm bawling so much and it hasn't even started. I'm saying, what is going on? Like I haven't even I haven't even started this movie yet. It's not a, you know at a at a point that's a sad point or part of the movie. It hasn't even started, and I'm bawling my eyes out, you know. And of course, I wasn't prepared for any tears, and so I'm using my t-shirt to wipe my eyes and all of those sorts of things. And I'm just starting to bawl. And uh, I, I begin to understand that God was was doing something. With I mean, it's I can see it now, but at the particular time, what is going on? So I'm going to show you just a two-minute um, trailer um, of this movie. Are we can we do that? Yes, we can. No, we. Can. Um, hold your breath. You might like to just. Um, Turn the lights down a little bit too. If somebody could do that, that'd be great. You ready? Here it is. Watch this. I'm starting to remember. Sorry. You're a beautiful boy. You're very proud of yourself. A life I'd forgotten. 
Are you okay? I had another family. A mother. A brother. I can still see their faces. What happened? I have to find my way back home. How long were you on the train? A couple of days. A couple of days. take a lifetime to search all the stations in India. Do you have any idea what it's like? How every day my real brother screams my name. I always thought that I could keep this family together. I need you, Saru. What if you do find home and they're not even there? And you just keep searching. I don't have a choice. What was she like? Beautiful. Every night I imagine that I'm walking those streets home and I know every single step of the way. And I whisper in her ear. I'm here. So this movie was a setup. Right? God was uh, setting me up when I started to, to watch that movie. Um, very quickly, what it's about. Five-year-old boy with his um, brother. Um, and I'll just really give you a uh, get separated. And so uh, he gets on this train in India. They're in India. And, uh, and can't get off the train. The train takes off, probably on the train for a couple of days, like he said. And uh, he's, he's just away from home. He's away from his parents, from his mother and his brother. Um, he gets, experiences all sorts of things in a big city of India. And then he's, he's finally, they finally get hold of him, put him in an orphanage, which is more like a prison. Um, and it's in that place um, that he gets selected for adoption. And he's adopted by an Australian family, in fact, a Tasmanian family, played by Nicole Kidman. And, um, and so what, what uh, he remembers every year, all the da every day, is um, some scenes of, of where he grew up in. And so by this time, as I'm going through the movie, I'm really bawling my eyes out. Um, it's not a pretty sight. And... And I, I, there's a couple of things that he says in this in this movie, and um, as he's look as he's feeling like he he's got to find his mother and brother, he, um, and, you know, some people suggest that he try Google Earth, and um, you know, it's going to take a long time. And then they said, look, you know, it's going to take a long time. And he said, I can't, I can't stop the fact that 
My mother every day is looking for me, calling out for my name. My brother is looking, calling out for his name. And at that particular moment, as I'm bawling my eyes out, I'm thinking, that's exactly what our Father in heaven is doing. Right? He so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, his son to live on this earth. And the Father knows every single person and he's calling out their name. He's calling out their name. And, and there's just this huge downpour of love. Like the Father's love just came on me. And it was just like, oh, I, I, you know, it's almost like I can't handle it. And there's so many connections with this story, you know, Tasmania and all that sort of stuff. And then, of course, when he, when he finds, finally finds the place and he goes to India and, and, and finds his mother, wow, I've just lost it. I'm a, I'm a real mess. Um, and I got off the plane in a real mess. And for days, even today, I mean, I'm fighting back tears watching that because I know what, what, what I was feeling. I was feeling like the love of the Father, God's love in new, fresh ways. And sometimes we can become so familiar with it that it loses its power. And so um, I, I think that because I've been um, dealing with some things inside of me that I, something I've talked about this morning, um, there is coming, there's come just this um, outpouring of love. I believe that where we as the church across the, the world, and certainly for you guys here, I believe that we actually are living in a, in, the, in a time that is best described by a scripture that we are in an Ephesians 3.20 time. Ephesians 3.20 talks about how God uh, is able to do immeasurably more, super abundantly more. The Greek actually talks about it being abundantly super more than you could ever uh, imagine. Uh, that's the time that we're in, the time that God is wanting to exceed our expectations, exceed our wildest dreams. And, uh, and so um, I, I would like to just read over you and to you the prayer that Paul declared in Ephesians 3, which is preceding Ephesians 3.20. So Ephesians, Ephesians 3.20 really, I believe, describes where we're at, the church today, the season that we're in at the moment. And so it's good to have a look at what Paul has to say to get to that point. You may, just, you may even want to close your eyes for a minute while I pray this. But I'd ask you, don't just hear me as reciting something, but receive it for yourself. Receive it for your family. Let it do something. And this is what Paul prayed. And I pray that he would pour out, and it's my prayer too, that God would pour out over you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his, might, with his divine might and explosive power. That's what he'll do. Then, by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you and the resting place of His love will become the very source and root of your life, providing you with a secure foundation that grows and grows. Then, 
as your spiritual strength increases, you'll be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences. The great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is His love. How enduring and exclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement, beyond academic knowledge. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Verse 20, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He'll outdo them all, for His miraculous power constantly energizes you. Now we offer up to God all the glorious praise that rises from every church and every generation through Jesus Christ and all that will yet be manifest through time and eternity. Amen. Extravagant love. Outrageous love. That's what I believe Cheyenne will be known for. Outrageous love. Extravagant love. So... Um, after I'd been for a couple of days and I hadn't recovered, <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still just overwhelmed with God's love in a whole new, fresh way. Um, I, I got to sleep and um, one night, um, it was just after a couple of days out of here, and he woke, I, I'm blaming God, and he woke me up, and he did. He woke me up um, at about three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> He did it a few days in a row. It's like, oh, God, please, could you try another time? But anyway, um, and when he woke me up, he said, I want you to read 1 Corinthians 13. Now, I know 1 Corinthians 13. I've used it at so many weddings and uh, preached. You know, I know it really well. But he said, I want you to read it. I want you to read it out of the Passion Translation. So um, here it is. And I am not apologizing for reading lots of Scripture to you tonight um, because... God says it the best. So let me read this to you from a different translation. If I were to speak with eloquence in earth's many languages and in the heavenly tongues of angels, yet I didn't express myself with love, my words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. And if I were to have the gift of prophecy with profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I possessed unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith that could move mountains, but had never learned to love, then I'm nothing. And if I were to be so generous as to give away everything I owned, to feed the poor and to offer my body to be burned as a martyr, without the pure motive of love, I'd gain Nothing of value. So this is what love is. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to somebody else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. 
Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honour. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offence. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Love never stops loving. It extends beyond the gift of prophecy, which eventually fades away. It's more enduring than tongues, which will one day fall silent. Love remains long after words of knowledge are forgotten. Our present knowledge and our prophecies are but partial. But when love's perfection arrives, the partial will fade away. When I was a child, I spoke about childish matters. For I saw things like a child and reasoned like a child. But the day came when I matured and I set aside my childish ways. For now we see but a faint reflection of riddles and mysteries as though reflected in a mirror. But one day we will see face to face. My understanding is incomplete now, but one day I will understand everything. Just as everything about me has been fully understood. Until then... There are three things that remain, faith, hope, and love, yet love surpasses them all. So above all else, let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. God so loved us that he did something. And what he did was that he sent his son We've just had this wonderful opportunity in just last week to remember over Easter. And so God has imparted into us his love by loving us. It's the sort of love that I've just read to you, 1 Corinthians 13. And what we have to learn to do is how to receive it and then how to release that love. It's not about our own strength and our own ability. If we can love with our own ability, then we can probably save ourselves too. You see, God can't love you any less or any more than he does right now. But you are able to receive that love in different and new ways. And so as I went through 1 Corinthians 13, I did something that I never do. I read the translator's notes. It's like I must have been... I just, well, it was just God, but you know, I'm thinking back now, I mean, like, I just want to go back to sleep. But I read the translated notes. And obviously, God wanted me to understand something because this is what the, this is what the translator said about the word love in 1 Corinthians 13. The Aramaic word for love is hoopa, H O B A. Now, Aramaic. The aromatic language is what Jesus spoke. The, the New Testament was translated into Greek, and so we would have the Greek word uh, agape or agape, however you pronounce it. Um, but the Aramaic word that Jesus would have used also means to set on fire. It's difficult to fully express the meaning of this word and translate it into English. You could say the Aramaic concept is burning love or fiery love, coming from the inner depths of the heart as an eternal energy, as an active power of bonding hearts and lives in secure relationships. 
It goes on to talk about agape. And, and I was thinking, God, this is really interesting. Because in Matthew chapter 3, verse, um, um, chapter 3, verse 11, it says this, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. That's John the Baptist talking. It says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me, that is Jesus, is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. I, and, I, and immediately I thought, I wonder if that's about being baptized in, in, in the Spirit, which is power, and with a fiery love and love. If, if what people have been searching for being baptized in, in fire, which they would often see as power, power and power don't usually go together, but power and love do. 1 Corinthians 14 says, verse 1, it says, um, Pursue love and eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you should prophesy. So love and, and, and power go together. So quite possibly uh, what God is wanting us to understand is that I want to immerse you in, in, in the Holy Spirit, in the Spirit in power or dynamis, and I want to immerse you in love. Because I am love. And everybody else is going to know that you're mine by the way that you operate in love. Yes, it is about power. It is about power encounters. This is about seeing miracles and signs and wonders happen. And we're seeing a lot more. In the last 12 months, I've seen more people get healed. But do you know what? At the same time, as I've been praying for people, as I've been doing for the last 24 years, um, What's been happening different for me in the last 12 months is when I've been praying for people to healing, I, I've been, I've I, I certainly been talking to the, whatever the problem is, but at the same time, I felt like I've just been, I've just been releasing the love of God. If I felt like I've been loving the sickness out of people, right? Because in the last 12 months is the sort of stuff that God's been doing to me. So all you need is love. Love is all you need because the greatest of these is love now i'm spending this amount of time tonight because i felt like the lord just said you know cheyenne's going to be known for its love and and we obviously don't know what that love really is because cheyenne yet is not known for its love maybe in some pockets but not to the extent that i think it's the it's the intention of the father so that I think that you're going to see some things that will happen over the next few years that are going to so, so demonstrate the love of God, so have people uh, uh, walking in the love of God that's so going to impact this city because of his love. We're really good at talking about a lot of things. We're really good at talking about a lot of things. And yet... The word says if you're just a hearer, if you're just a talker of it, it's, it's only, a, only a part of it. It's actually being doers of that. And uh, I, I, I don't know that we've been really good, uh, speaking as a pastor, been really good at displaying, truly displaying the love of God. Right? I'm, I'm not, please, I'm not beating up anybody or having criticism. I don't think that we've been, as when you see how Jesus operated in love, and he said that as he walked, so we, we would. 
You know, so I, I think as people begin to, to take hold of this and they begin to explore it, okay, God, will you, will you immerse me in your love? Yeah? I mean, it is, it is who God is. I'm sure he would want to do that. Yeah? Well, guess what? I'm going to have it because he's already doing it to me. And, and uh, you know, it, it's, 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 it's unsettling, but it's the best of times too. So how about we, how about we take a chance? How about we open up our hearts and receive? And how about I pray? Because I'm sure God didn't just bring me here just so that I could say some nice things to you, but actually to release something. Something that he's shown me. My, my, my desire is that you would walk out of this place with, the, with those words echoing in your spirit that God so wants to display his love by us learning how to love each other. Love does so many things. Perfect love casts out all fear. Oh, just one other thing I wanted to say. I think one of the difficulties for us is that um, we've, we've known love and experienced love in some ways that are often conditional. And that's not because people uh, have intentionally done that. It's just that we've, it's been communicated to us that um, when we do things good or right or whatever else, then we're loved. And when we don't, we're not as loved. Maybe that's just me. Maybe it's an Australian thing. So we we know what conditional love is. We know what love is as a condition, but we don't know what unconditional or perfect love is. The very fact that God can love us at the full amount now and no matter what happens maintains that, in that he can't love us any less or any more than he does right now, blows your mind. Because when you mess up, you think he doesn't love you anymore. But that's not what the Scripture says. The Bible says nothing can separate us from his love, neither height, nor, nor depth, nor principalities, nor power. Nothing can separate us from his love. Nothing can separate us from his love. Nothing. N-O-T-H-I-N-G. Nothing. Just in case you didn't understand my accent. Nothing can separate us from his love. In the Greek, nothing means nothing. Nothing, absolutely nothing. Whatever you throw up, whatever you put up, whatever you say, whatever your circumstances, whatever the reason you can say that God wouldn't love you or wouldn't be able to love Cheyenne or love this state, there is absolutely nothing, nothing that can separate you from his love. And he didn't just say that he so loved the church that he sent his son Jesus, he so loved the world. And it blows our mind sometimes that people who really don't like God very much at all, He still loves them at the same degree that He loves us. They just don't get to receive it. Right? And so He wants us to understand His love. That's why He says perfect love casts out fear. Right? It's His love 
But as you receive it, it drives out the fear because there's no longer any room for the fear. It's not about him, it's about us. He wants to love and pour out his love. We just don't make room for it. My prayer is that we, it would start in this room, a revolution of love would begin. That's my prayer. And it would begin with us. And, and it will catch. My prayer is tonight that you'll leave this place highly infectious. Highly infectious. Highly infectious. That you will leave out of this place today highly infectious and there's nothing you can take that will get rid of the infection because the infection is going to be his love. Right? Okay? He loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. I know that you know these things, but I want him to stir it up and stir up within you. So if you would like to um, you know, close your eyes. I'm just asking that so you can just concentrate for a minute. Okay? And if you would like to receive what I'm going to pray, then set your heart to receive. Maybe you want to put your hands out um, just in a way that just demonstrates that. If you're comfortable with that, that's fine. If you're not, that's fine. But just set your heart to receive. He's looking at your heart. He's looking at what's internally inside of you. Father, I know that you so love this people, this city, this state, this world. I know that your love is so strong and wonderful. Father, that you desire that we experience the different dimensions of your love. Father, I pray over this people here represented tonight. Father, this is a representation of, your, of the people of this city. And I pray that you would pour out from on high over your people tonight love, your love, love from on high, so discernible that it's like liquid love just flowing just over every person that's just saturating people. That people are just being saturated tonight with your love. It's infiltrating into areas. It's touching their hearts. It's touching their lives like they've never had before. That, Father, that you would begin things where people would have dreams of your love that have senses of your love as they're driving or going somewhere. And that love would just keep becoming stronger and stronger and stronger. That, Father, not only would it saturate your people, but you would marinate them in it too. Marinate it in your love. Father, your wonderful love, your powerful love, your love that knows no bounds, your love that is patient and kind, your love that is large, your love that is beyond understanding, your love that just goes on and on and on and on without an end, your love that doesn't 
have anything to do with shame or disrespect. Your love that is joyful and honest. Your love that is a safe place for shelter. Your love that doesn't stop loving, but it just keeps loving and 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 keeps loving. Father, I've declared in this place today that Cheyenne shall be known for its love, amongst other things, but it shall be known for its love. So start with us. Start with your people here. Stir them up. Father God, impart to them love. Lord, I just allow those things that are in the way just to be pushed out. That's got in the way. Father, who people see themselves as, unworthiness, all of those sorts of things. Father, past teaching, past experiences about love. Let them, Father God, be dissolved out of people so that there's a lot more room to capacity to receive your love. Father, what I'm declaring today, let it just, would you just let it be the beginning? Would you just let it be the start? Would you let it just be the very start of something that you would do? For Father, would you begin a a revolution Begin a revolution in this city, a revolution of your love, heaven's love, a revolution of it in this city. Father, would you let it be so? Would you let it be so? Father, in Jesus' name, would you let it be so? You let it be so. So let it begin. It's pouring down, touching hearts, touching families. Your love being so strong, just families that are in any way, shape, or form, Father, separated, come back together. People's hearts that have known you that no longer will come. That, that prodigals would become running back to your love. Father, that this, the love would be so great in this city that people would come for miles to experience your love, tangibly experience it. Father God, it would be impacted by it. And it would influence every area of society. There would be no area of society that would be able to resist. There would be no area in society that wasn't experiencing your love. Just pour it out. And a father wouldn't become just for a, a, just a little season that we come season after season after season after season. Father God just becomes stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. That indeed, Cheyenne would be known all across the world as a place of your love. The manifestation of your love. The reality of your love. Now, Father, you would do such a transformational work in this city. through your love, 
through the love that you'd have for each other, for the love that you'd have throughout this city. So, Father, I pray that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. I started with this, and I'll just read it to you. So I give you now a new commandment. Love each other just as much as I have loved you. For when you demonstrate the same love I have for you by loving one another, everyone will know that you're my true followers. Everyone will know that you're my true followers. It really is a time for Cheyenne to be start to become to be known for it as a place of the love of God. Amen. You're done already? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jason, you have anything? Okay. Yeah, just uh, meditate on this over the week and just continue to, to pull on heaven because, you know, the Lord releases food to the hungry and he releases drink to the thirsty. There's, there's a certain amount that you can just receive but since the kingdom always works by invitation, God's willing to give more if we'll pull. So I, I just ask that all of us here, that, that we would pull on heaven for more of that love. Because that really is where the foundation of transformation is, is going to come from. And it's the thing the devil fears the most. So, Lord, we thank you for this word tonight. Can you just agree with me that we receive this on behalf of the city? That Cheyenne will be known for its love? And that's got to start with us. So, Lord, we, we say yes to that. And that means that may we be known for our love, which is your love flowing through us, because it's nothing that we can muster. It's nothing that we have within us outside of you. So, Lord, we, we love because you first loved us. And now just cover us with that love as we go out into this city and, and let it leak all over this city this week, wherever we go. Open up our uh, sensitivity to you and what you're doing. And, and may we come back with, with many testimonies of people who have been touched by the love of God.
and I, I just I just feel like I'm supposed to uh, release something to you as well, because the Lord released this to me a number of years ago. Uh, it's it's a gift to be able to impart his his love and his presence to people, and. I want to release to everyone here uh, that gift. So, Lord, I, I release upon these people this this segment of the Church of Cheyenne tonight. The the mantle, the anointing, to be able to release your love and your presence upon people that we pray over. And Lord, just let that multiply in this city as, as we actually do it. And, and this is what that looks like. Daniel, come here. You're, you're talking to somebody at the grocery store, at work, and you find out that Things just haven't been going well. Uh, you know, maybe they have a physical need that they need prayer for, and they don't even know it because they're not connected to God yet. You just say, wow, thanks for sharing that with me. Can I pray for you right now? Don't forget those last two words, right now. If you need to, you can sneak up on them and you can just say, can I pray for you? And then after they say yes, then you can say, right now? Because <laughs> then they already said yes. And, I mean, there, there's nothing magical about this. Then you just say, God, I thank you. I thank you for your tangible presence. I thank you for your love for Daniel. And I just release that into his heart right now. Just just cover him with your presence that he would know your love more than he's ever known it before. Bless him, Lord, in Jesus' name. That's all there is to it. He'll never be the same. I prayed for a little boy on uh, the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation who, who didn't believe in God at all. And that's what happened to him. He, he could never, from that day forward, say that he didn't believe in God anymore. So something, sometimes what happens is that I will prophesy over people as a prophet. And um, I didn't do that tonight. Um, because I wanted you to understand that the message that I was bringing to you was prophetic. 
right? So I sat down and just waited and uh, until, uh, Lord, um, there was a bit of time so you understand and, and I can say what, what I released to you was a prophetic word to you, right? It's a prophet coming in and prophesying something. So if you receive that, then you get the ability to do that, all right? Now, <laughs> let me start on you. Um, I, I know, I know that in a few months you're going to be packing to to move somewhere else because you've got a transfer, right? So what's going to happen in between now and then is that God's going to unpack you. So what He's going to do is actually going to unpack some things in you so that you know what's in you. He's going to unpack some things that have been stored up. He's going to unpack some things where it's almost like he's going to take you back years. But it, it won't be taking you back in history. It will be actually taking you back to some things that he said. So that when you actually leave here, you won't be moving away from um, the things that, that, you've, that, you, that you know, but you'll actually be moving into some things. Right? And you, you, can't, you can't go with a whole lot of things that have never been unpacked. Because when you go to the next place, they stay unpacked. You know, so it's like God's going to unpack some things, uh, and uh, He's going to do that. So my advice to you is let Him. Right? Just understand that the Holy Spirit is the Comforter. Right? So you don't need comfort if you if you're comfortable. You don't need the Comforter. Right? And uh, so just trust Him. Just let Him unpack some things um, for you. Okay. As well. Now, Daniel, I'm picking on you, but Patty, it's the same thing for you. It's the same for both of you. Okay? And so this is a time when when the Father in his love is going to express his love in new new degrees and emotion. Things that you're going to see things and you're going to understand some things. Well, um, it's obviously I'm not going to prophesy over you tonight because I've got a plane to catch tomorrow morning. Um, but uh, I'm just going to go just over some key people. Um, I, yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> Phyllis. Um I've told you this on a number of occasions, um, but your ability to see is just going to be on the increase. Um, and, um, you know, not just your physical eyes, but your spiritual eyes. Uh, one of the things that um, the Father's going to do is you're in, a, you're in the season of him teaching you some things. You're going to experience and he's teaching you. Please make some notes um, because they are things that you will later teach. Um, because uh, at a particular point of time, he's going to raise you uh, as as someone who's going to be in the city teaching people uh, how to understand um, the prophetic and as the as a see a point and releasing people in it um, and so that they know how to operate they know how to operate in the gifts and uh, uh, in, in love right um, so um, yeah now that's your, I met you this morning, didn't I? Is it Barbara? Okay. Um, I have this picture of you playing with Lego, you know, Lego blocks. 
you know what, you know, do you know what they are? The toys. So they go. Yes. Hello. Okay, I saw you playing with these Lego blocks, but you were being very definite and you were building things. And there's a building ability on you, but it's it's very much about taking something that's scattered all over the place, like the Lego blocks, and actually I see you picking that one, that one, that one. You're putting them together and that, and people can, can discern what it is because that's what you have. You have a gift of administration. Gift of administration is about actually being able to sort things out that often is chaotic and mess and bring it together and bring it together as from a usable place. Um, and um, that's a gift. It's not just a skill, though you have that as a skill, but it's a gift, and it's a gift of God. What's your name? Sorry? Hello, Heather. Hi. Um, uh, Heather, um, when I, and I saw you before, um, you, you have this, um, uh, uh, how would I say, um, an ability to be able to express um, heaven and the love of God in, in, in a very natural way. Um, you also um, have uh, quite um, a place of compassion, which is a strength, but it's also a weakness in that you can really pick up um, what other people are carrying. Uh, so you you can you can pick up other people's grief and all of those sorts of things. And one of the things that I would encourage you to do um, is to default to the place that it's always other people's stuff, right? And then you ask God, okay, if it's mine, please tell me. Otherwise, otherwise you can be up and down like a yo-yo or a roller coaster, okay? And so um, what you need to do is when you feel something, if you wake up feeling down or whatever, so you say, God, whose is this? right and and default to the fact that whatever whenever you feel something it's somebody else's and and give him permission to tell you when it's yours right so just flip the flip the the time um that it becomes um you know something else you become uh in a place where it's not default to someone else um the guy yeah what's your name hello noah how are you good um, no, you, no, you have a gift of leadership, right? It's a God-given gift. Um, and um, if I was you, I would um, uh, study and watch other other leaders. Uh, you know, if you if you're not a reader, you should be, because leaders are readers. And uh, some of the things that you should read is uh, is other people, other leaders, great leaders, and how they led, and learn from those sorts of things. Um, there are there are promises God's going to give you that He's going to keep. I mean, He always keeps promises, but there are some distinct promises that God is going to give you, um, and that you're going to just be revealed over a period of time. You have a gift of faith on your life, right? And um, that's an area that will that will increase. It's very it's at a very sort of like a junior area at the moment. It's undeveloped, but um, God's going to develop that more and more. And, and you'll be a sort of a person where I just know God said it and he's going to do it. That's the sort of, that's the sort of thing that, that... And, of course, not everybody understands that. Um, and, uh, um, and so uh, now the area that God's going to lead you, uh, uh, use you in your leadership is a little unclear to me, but I don't think he wants me to, to define that because I think you're just a leader. And you'll discover the area. 
um, <clears throat> you should remember that whatever you do, the Scripture says, whatever you do, do it unto the Lord. So if you're leading in business or you're leading in, in some other areas, you do it unto God because he's, that, is, that is a great blessing unto Him. Right? Okay, um, one of the things that you may or may not be used to, some, of, some people from the video would be more used to me saying this, if you hear me prophesying something to somebody else and you say, wow, I wish he'd said that to me, then you have permission to take it. You have permission to say, Father, I want to take that. Because every prophetic word is an invitation by God to partner with him, to work with him. And so even if you, have, you hear something today, you go away and say, okay, God, how am I going to do that? What do you want me to do? Because it's always about partnership with God because God... God is a God of community. God is a God of relationship. That's how you got to come into his family is by being, being born again. And so, um, <coughs> excuse me, oh, he, wants to, he wants to partner with people. That's why he will use prophetic words to offer an invitation uh, for people to um, partner with him. You have to learn how to let joy out. It's, it's really easy. If you have a difficulty, we'll just look in the mirror. <laughs> laugh. It's been the most impactful thing for me because, uh, um, you know, love is a fruit, uh, sorry, joy is a fruit of the spirit, right? Yeah. Seriousness is not a fruit of the spirit. Seriously. <coughs> no, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. And it amazes me that, that um, 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 church meetings, gatherings ought to be the most joyous place. Right? Now, if you could see the faces that I'm looking at, <laughs> if you see it from my perspective, it's like, what? Have you been baptized in lemon juice? No, it's, it's, but you see... Uh, you can laugh, and um, we've been taught to laugh because I, I say something funny and so you laugh at it. Uh, that's, not the, that's not biblical joy. Biblical joy is not a response. Biblical joy is, a, is something that you release as a catalyst, right? <clears throat> so you have to learn how to, to laugh. Uh, we've got a few minutes, haven't we? Okay. This is how I learned this. I went to a, I went to a leadership training um, place and, and I was in this uh, um, leadership a area. It was at Bethel at, at Reading. And they had some workshops and one of the workshops was, was, being, uh, was called Changing the Way You Think. And that's, that's been a whole thing of mine for a long time. So I went to this and being a typical pastor, I sat down the front, sat in the front, and then the guy came out and um, he started teaching and he said, now one of the things that I'm going to do, and you might know who it is when I tell you this, he, he said, um, if I tell you something that everybody's believed and tell you it's a lie, I want you to laugh at it, right? So I'm sitting down the front and I was thinking, that's stupid, that's weird. What have I got myself into? This is crazy. So I'm sitting down the front and he told this particular saying or whatever and says, now it's a lie and I want you to laugh at it. So I'm sitting there and I'm going, ha, 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 ha. You know, not overly enthusiastic. And like it just felt so funny to just laugh at nothing. So, so I'm laughing at 
trying to. And then he goes on the next one and the next one and the next one. And I'm starting to think, oh, this is this is terrible. This is weird. And so I'm like, I, I, so I'm doing it because I'm sitting at the front, you know, and I can't get away with it. He's looking straight at me. Everybody's looking from behind. So I, I started to to laugh and, and I laughed a little more and a little more and little. And you know what? It wasn't too very long, and I was on the floor. I couldn't stop laughing. It's like, what is going on? And I realized at that particular point of time that um, because joy is um, a fruit of the Spirit, that means an operate, that means something as a result of the operation of the Holy Spirit. And because He lives in me, I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. I have joy in me. It's just waiting to get out. It's just waiting to get out. So I developed this whole thing about who let the joy out. Okay? Who let the joy out? You know, remember a song, Who Let the Dogs Out? I don't care who let the dogs out, but I do care who's letting the joy out because joy needs to be released. And when you begin to look at the Scriptures from that perspective, Paul said, hey, listen, rejoice. And again, I'm going to say rejoice. It must be a choice if you're going to rejoice. He didn't say, listen, go and put a funny movie on. Someone like Robin Williams or something like that and watch it. And as you're watching it, then you'll rejoice. He didn't say that. He said, listen, rejoice. Choose to let have joy again because that's what rejoice is. Re, have again, joy. Joyce. So he's saying, listen, it's an act of your will. It's something that you choose to do. And, and, and I'm beginning to understand. Hold on. Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace so that you can believe that you're going to abound in hope. So fill up with some joy. Yeah. In Proverbs it says, Laughter is like medicine. Okay, here's my prescription. Please take it three times a day. Laughter, three times a day. It'll heal your body. Now, there are huge lots of te- um, uh, um, all sorts of things that have been done, studies have been done to show that laughter actually does bring healing. God knew, knew what he was doing. So laughter, you have to learn how to laugh. If you, and, and as you're learning to laugh at nothing, you build this reservoir, this stronghold of joy in you that when you see something funny, it's over the top funny, right? And you just learn how to release joy because uh, joy is a catalyst. So a catalyst is something that comes into contact with some other things that produces an acceleration and reaction. So joy is a catalyst. So hope is a result of that. Endurance is that. Healing is that. Abundance is that. All of those sorts of things. It's in the Scriptures. And uh, and if you don't believe me, then buy my book when I sprint it. <laughs> See, you're laughing. However, listen to me this. Most of us can quote Nehemiah where it says, the joy of the Lord is your... The joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, if I was the enemy, and I'm not, just just to make sure that if I was the enemy, then I would stop people from knowing about joy as something that you can release because therefore you stay weak. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. So we have to learn how to release joy. Not as a result of circumstances, but that joy releases some things. And let me tell you, when you laugh at something that you should be crying about, it confuses the enemy. He hates joy because it's a fruit of the Spirit. It's, it's an evidence of heaven, and he runs the other way. You confuse the situation. 
All right? I'll finish with this. I was teaching this in Sheridan, you know, in Wyoming. And uh, these two people, uh, took, this couple heard me, and uh, they took it. Now, they'd had their house on the market. They needed to sell their house. And uh, they'd, they'd only got a couple of um, inquiries, um, a couple that had become serious things, but they were conditional and way below what they are asking. So they were really discouraged. It came to my meeting very discouraged because they needed to sell the house, and it just wasn't happening. So they heard what I had to say, and they, so they took it, and they laughed all the rest of the night about their house getting sold. They just laughed. They just said, God, we don't worry about this anymore. It's, just, it's so funny, and they just laughed and laughed and laughed until they fell asleep. They woke up next morning to a phone call from the realtor to say, I have an offer for your house. It's non-conditional, and it's above your asking price. Coincidence? I don't think so. Right? I've heard so many people tell me that when they start to laugh at something, right? when they start to laugh at something they want to cry about, something changes. Something changes in them and something changes in the circumstances because that's what's called spiritual warfare. You operate in the opposite spirit. So can I suggest to you, you start learning to laugh at nothing and then when you need to laugh at something, it'll be a lot easier. Okay? Laugh in the, in the mirror. Laugh at yourself. Laugh at nothing. I know it's weird. It feels funny. That just proves that it's powerful. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So when you go away tonight, I would like you to remember one. Cheyenne is what? Yeah. Known for its love. Cheyenne is known for its love. And the thing that I would like you to also remember is who let the joy out? Huh, huh. Who let the joy out? Huh, huh. And just have it echoing through your head so that you'll actually put some things into place. So, Father, thank you for your love. Thank you that you are in the process of bringing something forward in this city that's going to be profound. And Father, for every person here, may they have the strength, the courage, the boldness, Father God, to just start to release your joy. Father, in Jesus' name, amen. There you go. You got something else for free. <laughs> so we, we are going to be done here shortly, but I just want to... What Mark has been saying, it's, it's an important tool. So I want to give you a couple examples of, of things for you to laugh about. So if, if the enemy says something to you like, you know, God, God really loves this other person more than he loves you, then what do you do? <laughs> that, that is so stupid. Yeah. And, and you laugh about it because, and, and that is spiritual warfare. Because we, we lose spiritual warfare when the enemy lies to us and we agree with it. Okay? That's, that's losing. 
Uh, we win when he lies to us and we laugh in his face. Because then he kind of has to turn around and say, hmm, this isn't as easy as it used to be. Okay? So so anyway, put that into practice. Uh, I want to just pray a blessing over us. Father, I thank you for tonight. Thank you for bringing Mark here to Cheyenne once again. Uh, we ask you to bless him. And, and I pray that you'd uh, put upon your people to be generous toward him, to sow into his ministry. Lord, we, we ask that you would continue to bless your healing of Annette. And we look forward to meeting her here. And we thank you, Lord, for your love for us. We thank you for your goodness. Bless your people and bless this city. In Jesus' name, amen.